0: Hey, welcome to Witch Police Radio, episode forty. Forty, it seems good. Four digits. No, yeah. Two digits. Four digits times ten. Two digits times fifteen, minus five. Daryl Riley um, is our guest today. Daryl Riley, who uh, is no stranger to radios, I think I say like a second into the show. Oh, do you? Look, he's got a show with Kent Davies. On yeah, and Kent has been on our show C-KUW, too. Uh, yeah. Ten episodes
1: ago, exactly. Yeah, so and Kent was. Uh, I don't
0: know if we remember to plug it, but their show is Amateur Hour on ninety-five point nine. Uh is it amateur or amateur? Amateur. Uh, our uh Friday at at 5. Amateur. That's interesting. Am- amateur.
1: <laughs> amateur. Amateur, amateur. <laughs> anyway, they played good no, no no the amateur am- amateur hour is not their show. Their show is Peg City Groove. Amateur oh, Hour is something that Kent does separately. Can we start this? No, 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 we're good, we're good. Um I wasn't even here for the episode and I'm correcting. Um <laughs> anyway, this is John. I'm Sam, uh and John and Rob did this episode yeah. um without me. And uh, you should listen to it Yeah so Daryl's
0: our guest He's got a show called Peg City Groove
1: Peg City Groove And he's also been around Like just the Winnipeg Music scene forever Yeah I mean he's been in tons of bands He was in uh, He was in the Afterbeat At one point He was in Sub City He was He's in the Gorillas of Soul He was in um, Just like every ska band ever uh, He was in the Barrymores At one point too I think even mm. After a while uh, He was in like We just Yeah any band That needed a sax player Pretty much Mhm from a certain era yeah so i mean and he was like he was you know he's been involved in tons of stuff putting on shows festivals things like that too so uh you've probably seen him around or uh or heard him around or whatever so
0: yeah uh so the theme for this episode is agitator um we had a little bit of a an internet confusion and our guest may have thought the theme was alligator close enough we figured it out we made it work and um yeah there's some winnipeg history in there uh, oh, really? I forget what else we talk about, but it's a uh, it's a good one.
1: I haven't even heard it yet, so I'm I hoping it's. A good I haven't one. heard it either, but I, th- I remember it well, being Well, you were there when good. it happened, right? So half there, when half I'm there. B- All right, half of you was alligator, half of agitator. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> Very yeah, confusing. yes, indeed. half agitator, half alligator man. Yeah. So uh, what we're gonna play right now is you know as you know if you've been listening to the show for a while we always kind of go into a song. Uh, before the show kind of kicks off uh, that relates to the guest or is by the guest or whatever. So there's been a song by the Gorillas of of Soul. They have new stuff coming out, but this is an older song they did that's um, been on Witch Please for a couple of years now, and it's, like, consistently popular. It's one of those ones that's been on the top 30 downloads for a long time, and uh, it's just, like, a one-off song they sent me Mm. a while back. So a very good band. Um, I would recommend listening to them. So check that out, and then hopefully... um, if you look them up, I don't know if they have a website or anything right now, but I think they have a Facebook page. Yeah, probably. But Daryl's on that. And you can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash radio. You can listen to us on Monday nights at 11 p.m. on 101.5 UMFM or umfm.com if you're not here. And uh, you can also go to police.com and hit the podcast button. There's an archives page that lists all the past shows, the guests, the themes. You can download them all for free, stream them, and uh, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And find us on Twitter at fm which is basically going to be me, like, yelling at people about hockey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I see. Or talking to some if guys. If I did the Twitter thing, I would follow whatever you yeah. have to do, yell about hockey. I, I yell Twitter. about people
1: about hockey, and I basically just talked to this guy from Louisiana who has a podcast. Uh, and I want to actually, you know, he, he he probably listens to this, so let's shout out to the, uh, the Johnny Jordan Show for uh, spending about half an hour drunk on the radio talking about how they want to send us uh, stew from Louisiana because we probably don't make it properly here in Canada.
0: Wow, some proper so, stew. Yeah, so...
1: I mean, I don't think you can send it. I and mean, I explained that I don't eat meat in the first place, so I probably wouldn't work. But you know, can you send stew through the mail? I've never tried. I don't know. They're, 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 yeah. So anyway, thanks for that, guys. Yep. Here's Daryl. God,
2: is this my life? God, is this her life? Tell me, where were we standing when you handed out souls on earth? We're prisoners in our homeland, chased off of our own land. Husbands, brothers, sons killed off to end lines But our pictures we keep in our minds of the southern farmer.
0: Police Radio. Welcome to another episode. Today's episode theme is Agitator. So uh, for any first-time listeners, we will uh, go on the internet, we'll find a random word generator. The random word generator will then generate a random word, and that will be our our theme for the show. We'll play some music based on that theme. This is uh, usual host John,
3: and I'm here with our uh, usual host Rob, and our guest Daryl Riley. Hello. Yay.
0: <laughs> so Daryl uh, is no stranger to radio shows. Um, why don't you introduce? Uh, who, who are you? Well, oh, I
4: uh, I host Peg City Groove, uh, which is a local music show on CKW, and with Cant Davies. Done it for. We're trying to figure it out if it was five years now or six or seven years. or.
3: It seems like it's been there for a long time. It mm-hmm. seems
4: like it's been there. We kind of replaced the Farrell Brothers for a long, to- long, long time, had their rumble at the Opry show. Right, okay. And
3: Was that the same
4: time? It was the tam- same time slot. So when they left...
3: That's such a good time slot. To go right, they needed, well, they
4: needed something to fill it, right? Right. And Beer for Breakfast used to be the local music show. Right. Uh, and then that was done, so kent and i had kind of been doing friday afternoons i used to host just a music show where i just kind of played random music for hours and then yeah. we, once that was done we uh, started up peg city because we had the spot and i think be, yeah i don't know ever. it's one of like n-
3: not to bs just because you're here but it's one of the shows that i'm like always you know i never like i never am i am scheduling myself to listen to radio like I'll never just sit down in front of the radio at a certain time but anytime I'm near a radio or in the car and I know your show is on I'm always like yes and it's mm-hmm. it's always really informative because it's always about local stuff you always have local bands on and stuff it's great
4: well we try as much to not kind of have anything to do to dictate with where the show goes and we right. just bring well as you guys know we just bring the artists on there and let them do what they want with the time and promote uh, their music or you know we have music and spoken word and Other uh, film, you know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. and just let people do what they want to do, and then we just kind of fill in the blanks and try to keep things rolling. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of it is just like on the fly, make it work. Oh yeah, we just we just sit back. It's not quite as relaxed as this setup, but (laughs) it's uh, you know we try to just have a good time with it.
3: Cool, and you're also uh, a member of Gorillas A Soul.
4: Yeah. How's that going? Yeah,
0: because I saw you guys play years ago. I think when they were doing the the River Armada, you guys played at that, right?
4: Well, no, we played the Barge. The first, Barge, that's what I'm thinking. of. And that was our first show ever. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and that was also it's that was the first, first show I <laughs> ever played as a as a guitarist. Yeah, Dominic Lloyd, who used to work at the West End, and he used to run the uh, he was on the board of the Winnipeg Reggae Festival with me and Matt Henderson and Sam Thompson, actually. Uh, that's how I know Sam, too. Hmm. Uh,
3: Regular host, Sam Thompson.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he booked us. We weren't a band at the time that he booked us for the gig. He just said, hey, I have, I'm have, i doing this. What do you have? And I said, you know, I was talking to him at Folk Fest, watching the World Cup at Folk Fest in the backstage <laughs> volunteer folk- tent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we were watching the World Cup. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we! And he got us in. He got us the gig. And I think that him... Having that faith in us uh, is probably a big reason that the band actually got off its feet. That's a good excuse to put yeah, get some <laughs> yeah. solid work done off the hop.
3: Yeah, because you, I know, I don't, I only know like you and Noma is their name. Yeah. So you guys were like, you're no sh- slouches, right? So he must have sawn something good.
4: Well, um, it's it's going great now. We yeah. uh, played Jazz Fest, Winnipeg Jazz Fest, for the second year in a row this June and we were uh, lucky enough to open up for leaf fields and the uh, right he it was an amazing amazing at the pyramid there just to uh, get to play for someone like that and his band they were all great guys and you know just real uh... made us feel part of like part of the show and everybody was there early and seemed to enjoy the set and stuff so that's great now we've been working with um, lloyd uh, peterson and we're going to record a record with them so
3: cool nice yeah so i'm about to look forward to definitely we'll uh we'll keep the people updated on which police i'm sure I'm sure sam will take care of that
4: yeah he's always been uh, great with us i uh, released when we did a video or not a, we do the human rights museum Paid for us to record a song because they're using it in one of their exhibits. Oh, cool! Hmm. Yeah, so Sam was really uh, the Witch Police helped release it and everything when we did it, and was kind of the first way that we got it out there.
3: Oh, cool! That's awesome. Yeah. All right, should we get into the yeah? Let's uh, get
4: into a a song.
3: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm going first, I guess. Um, so the uh, the theme was agitators, or agitator. Adi- agitator. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to play a song by Gang of Four, and the reason I'm going to play a song by Gang of Four is because they're kind of, uh, you know, like a well-known for being like agit-punk or agit-pop music, you know, which is short for agit pop <laughs> popular, or agitation-popular, I guess. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, it like it derives from like propaganda in the USSR that was called like agitation propaganda, agit prop.
0: Okay.
3: And so I guess it was to agitate people into being more communist. I guess, I don't know. But then like uh, like other artists would take it up. Like Brecht was really into it. So his like his his plays would be considered agit because they'd be like communist propaganda, and you, but it'd be like agitating people out of their, I guess bourgeois kind of comfort zones. Yeah, yeah days or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, Gang of Four, these guys from from University of Leeds, they were all like fine art students, so they were reading a lot of like neo Marxist stuff, and they were really influenced by Brecht. And so, I guess that's why the agit pop or agit punk uh, label kind of suits them really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I chose them. Um, this song, I'm, the song I'm going to play is um, uh, Love Like Anthrax. And uh, the way it's like, you could really... I was actually going to play a different song, but I chose this one instead because you can really see the influence of someone like Brecht on this song. Because in one channel of of the the song, there's a guy singing like basically a love song about how his, his heart's broken. And in the other channel is a guy very dryly talking about um, their techniques of recording and like how you gotta add reverb to this, and then like every once in a while they come together to sing the same line, but then it pays back to like just talking about the recording process. And so like the reason they they did this is because on one side they wanted to have the love song, and then on the other side they wanted to be like demystifying music and like taking the magic out of it and just being like. This is what we're really doing, even though you there's kind of this love song going on. everything that's going on is really just like not that special, and, and so they just wanted to like challenge people's idea about what a love song could be. All right
0: so Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: so let's let's check it out. It's uh, Gang of four: uh, love like anthrax. that was uh, Love Like Anthrax by Gang of Four. Um, so yeah, like I was saying before, they they were going to like Leeds University. And I guess that place uh, had this mix of, you know, kind of <coughs> art students who were living off government grants or whatever, and just getting drunk and going to school and being weird. And uh, then people who were working jobs. And so there's like a lot of Uh, a lot of clashes between the different groups living there, and there was a lot of neo-Nazis living there. And, uh, yeah, so there was... I think that's what kind of strengthened Gang of Four's, like, political resolve, too, is they're just constantly up against this force that was, like, opposing them, like these kind of blue-collar mine workers, or I don't know what exactly the industry in Leeds would be, but whatever it was, against, you know, these kind of left-leaning... Art school students.
0: Cool. I like the song. Yeah, Actually, a, I don't think I've listened to Gang of Four before,
3: before. Yeah, for me, like that's that's that song is really good. And the other song I was considering playing, "Damaged Goods," is a really good song. Um, they signed to like a label right after they put out this EP, which you know, like their whole. Which you know, some people would think of as selling out, but for them, their idea was to get their agit pop or their their propaganda, yeah, to as many, people as, yeah, to possibly, as many yeah. people as they could. And I don't know, for me, their their later stuff just like this song in particular. It's kind of you could tell they were really messing around with ideas and trying pretty cool stuff, and and I think it had this kind of rawness to it, where later on they just maybe are just really like straddling that line between. I'm um, Trying to make good art and propaganda that kids will buy into. Like, they draw that line a little too much, whereas I think their later sound just becomes too clean, and it's not mm. really as interesting to me, but...
0: Yeah, I guess, yeah, if at first you're just kind of feeling things out, if you find something that works and you stick with it, well, then it'll get kind of more polished and not as... maybe not as interesting.
4: Yeah, I know I, I have one Gang of Four record. I can't remember what the name is. But it's always kind of, for me, belonged right next to, like, the Talking Heads. Yeah. You know? Well,
3: yeah, well, it's for sure the same era, and they had the, definitely had the same influences, but... Um, yeah, they're definitely... And they're both, like, really influenced by, like, black American music. Like, um, Gang of Four, especially, was, like, really influenced by, like, James Brown and, like, all kinds of funk. They were really into that which, you know, I think for a lot of white university kids over time, like, getting into black music has been kind of, like, seen as a revolutionary thing to do, you know? And uh, it's interesting, because at that time, there was other bands, like, a band like Perubu, who was around at the same time. They were, like, trying to do the exact opposite, where they were, like, trying to make their music sound as little, like they were ripping off black people as possible. So, like, even the singer would do things, like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, like, like, carry his notes out because he saw that as, like, kind of a soul thing and he didn't want to, like, appropriate their culture, which it's, it's kind of an interesting, like, way of thinking that I don't think really goes on today. Like, I don't think people really worry Anti-imitation about... Anti-imitation kind of thing?
4: Yeah. Almost, I would I'd think that kind of, like, seeing those sort of differences and trying to sing... I don't know if you're what, what the... If you're saying you're going, trying to sing white or... Um, you know what you want to call it, but wherever you're putting that, this sort of boundaries into what music can be, you know, considered and made by who that you're, uh, you know, you're just building more uh, boxes for people to be stuck in.
3: Yeah, I mean, for sure, you can't really deny like influence, though, mm-hmm. and
0: you, most people would. I mean, if you grew up liking music, then you know you sing the stuff that you like that you hear yeah. and so that's where you're, that's kind of your starting ground I mean of course you find your own voice but like to n- somehow go completely against what like influenced you is pretty yeah I guess it just takes but a conscious it's style. another
3: way of being influenced too though because yeah. right? like, cause like a, a group like Perubu who was trying not to sound you know quote unquote black they were also really influenced by that music but mm. to them it was it was like you know they were they were ultra conscious about appropriating it and especially at that time in the 70s where maybe they're you know like neither of us none of us were alive in the 70s so we don't really know but maybe it was a lot more segregated back then so it was you know maybe there's a lot more of a divide between so-called originators of, of form of music and the people benefiting from it mm-hmm. i don't know they, they like yeah it seems like bands back then really thought about what they're doing a lot though you know like some bands Like, Gang of Four, definitely were thinking about what they're doing a lot. Daryl, you want to
0: throw something on next?
4: Well, um, from there, I could see two ways to go with... um, I brought some James Brown. Right. So we could do that. Nothing wrong with that. Or uh, if we wanted to stay in England, I have uh, Steel Pulse, which is some reggae. Now... (laughs) <laughs> Should we have let the
0: the listener behind the
4: behind the scenes for a moment? Yeah, I think so.
3: Okay, <laughs> I think so. Well, there was never p- never have any unnecessary mystery. Let the let the let listener, listener in. let get the total. Just make them feel like they're here with. They're us. They're here with. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, it's dimly lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all drinking coffee, and Daryl
4: mistook the theme as alligator. <laughs> <laughs> so he's brought some records and well, is gonna make do. Well, I really. When I saw the theme was alligator, and when you told me that alligators tend to (laughs) alligate, I just took that to mean that I had to be, you know, a little uh, outside of the box when I was trying to figure out how to pick my records. So I basically just sat there and stared at them until something popped at me. And I don't know what this, any of this had to do with alligators anyways, <laughs> quite honestly. How long are you sitting there? <laughs> oh, you know, long enough, yeah. you know. Um, so let's go with James Brown. All right. So this is off his record, Hell. Um, and this was one of uh, his most political records, mm. which was starting to make a statement talking about... Uh, just the awful conditions that uh, were being still being experienced by Black people in the United States. Um, you know, and I think I don't remember what year this came out.
0: Yeah, like where would this fall in sort of his career arc?
4: Seventy-four. Okay, so much, you know later in his career arc, not super late, but after the Soul. After he'd kind of like had a lot of those big hits already. Mm-hmm. And then this is, he's getting older and a little bit more reflective. And uh, just if you look at some of the lyrics here. It's hell down here and we've got to make a change. Drugs are hell, war is hell, prison is hell, killing is hell. It's hell paying the taxes when you can't get a job. It's hell giving up the best of years of your soul. In the streets it's hell, in the ghetto it's hell, in the white, white house it's hell. It's hell when you don't have a job and you can't eat. It's hell paying dues from the day you're born. It's hell down here and we've got to make a change. It's hell trying to do it by yourself. It's hell when you don't have a shirt on your back or shoes on your feet. For the young, it's hell. For the old, it's hell. It's hell down here.
0: James Brown sounds angry.
4: He's angry. Yeah. And you, I don't. I think it was. Where's the funk? But has no no funk bond. Oh, the funk. Just this. It's super funky though. Yeah. Well, of course it's. It's super (laughs) funky. So I don't know what else I can say uh, um, until maybe play this, play the record and then talk a little bit. Yeah, let's listen to it after that.
3: Nice.
0: of the song.
4: Yeah. Well, the record is hell. Yeah. And the The song is hell. The record is hell. hell. The song is hell. Yeah. Hell yeah.
3: their, you know, like they just fucking straight up murdered JFK (laughs) you know, I mean, as bad as it may seem now, no one's I mean, no one I not that I know of anyone, no one's trying to kill Obama or kill Harper maybe they should be trying to kill Harper but
4: they aren't well, let's leave the Jack Layton case open.
3: Yeah, exactly, (laughs) right? who the fuck knows? I wouldn't doubt it those fucking conniving bastards all right, so we're back. <laughs> so that was hell. James Brown. Yeah, that's pretty great. So, what was like? So you were saying this is kind of a little bit after his like, you know, I guess golden period. Well, I
4: no, if you want a proper history of James Brown, I do go to In the Pocket Radio. It's Kevin McLean's music history show on CKW. Kevin uh, has been doing his show for years now. He's covered everybody. I think he did a four-part series on James Brown. Mm. Well, wow. um, it's all archived. Check it out because Kevin gets everything that I have learned. Well, not everything, but almost you know everything that I've learned. From most of these things is from listening to his show. Okay. So I might not get everything quite right. What time is but, it? Air? Uh, Mondays, four to five p.m. Ninety-five nine. Yeah. But you can check it out. Uh, I think he's got a Facebook or a blog or you know
3: when some kind of internet thing
4: yeah in the in the pocket radio
3: cool well that was a that was a funky song funky so, tune
4: but yeah so james brown like his golden era was earlier um as he was kind of like coming out of the soul cuz his really early stuff is soul you know it's not funk and then he kind of starts in with a lot of his funk uh singles that we kind of associate him with but then as we were talking about during the break Uh, You know, the states was kind of like getting, the the racial tensions were reaching a boiling point, um, and especially with the assassination of Martin Luther King in 1968, uh, things seemed to be, you know, like really at that tipping point. And then James Brown is actually credited with um, being one of the forces to stop that from happening uh, in the form of a concert that he did in Boston uh, the night after Martin Luther King was assassinated. So as I understand it, the night that he was assassinated everybody went crazy right around the states because this was clearly you know this racial hate crime taking down... And if you want like
0: a breaking point or you know... Yeah, yeah. And and
4: with Martin Luther King being such an advocate of peace and there's so many different different parts to the Black Power movement, where you know there's someone more like Malcolm X. That's uh, you know, and the Black Panthers that is much more violent, and and I realize that that's you know I'm kind of uh, assu- assuming a bit there, but uh, you know Martin Luther King was was this peaceful figure, but this strong peaceful figure, and with his it was with his death, you know things. We're just reaching a breaking point. and And uh, the states already with the Kennedy assassination and the Cuban Missile Crisis, Rob, like you were saying, I think the mm-hmm. whole world was just...
3: Yeah, like, yeah, like, it, even in, like, Europe and stuff, all, like, stuff was going... Because 68 was the, the year of that, like, huge riot in France, too, and then, yeah, like, all the neo-Nazi stuff going on in, like, England and stuff. Yeah, it seems like a crazy time.
4: So... Yeah, so then here, boom, it's like the the shot heard around the world, right, from the First World War. It's kind of like the same thing here, where Martin Luther King's dead, all of a sudden, everything's going to go crazy. James Brown has been booked to play the Boston Gardens for months in advance, but he gets in there, and basically, um, you know, he calls out for respect for Martin Luther King from the crowd, and it's, this show is broadcast, across the states Hmm. and on that night in the end there was as opposed to the crazy looting and rioting that was the night before that night on the end there was less violence in boston than on a regular friday night in april that's what they said so basically he averted what could have you know that's
3: crazy to have that much power yeah and to use it for good no less (laughs)
4: So I think that's kind of like it was seeing those sorts of having those sorts of experiences. That, and this is now six years later. That he put this record out, but obviously he's still very much uh, very politicized. Sure, I mean tensions are still still high at that point. For sure, right on. Well, now you're in Vietnam. Mm. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. During the break, we're talking about how like it's common to think that like things are. Well, whatever's going on now is like how, how could it have been any worse at any other time? When, yeah, this time period was clearly on a kind of another level than yeah. we, well, what we, we can relate to in North America, right? Yeah, mm.
4: you know, like people will bring up arguments about the whole like post nine eleven Bush Orwellian nightmare that you know we seem to nearly get out of. But yeah I think the the fact that things have gotten to the point have been to the brink before you know we haven't quite fallen over yet
3: well it's because there's a lot of foul stuff going on even in in Canada right now, but either like maybe maybe it's not as bad as it as it was, but our like Canadian population and, and American population also don't aren't the type of people who are going to rise up right like mm-hmm. I mean there's sure there's like some small like movements like going on across Canada and, and the states like you know like Idle No More and 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 Occupy which you know is cool but it's not like it's it was like it seems like back then if you were going to university you were like also going to sit-ins and shit you know like whereas most people today we don't we're not really I mean when was the last time you guys were at a protest you know like
4: right yeah I think people are basically placated these days, yeah, you know life is all right,
3: yeah, mm. I guess we're not like on un- under threat of being drafted or something, which might make us get off like off the couches if we were being drafted, but who knows, maybe not, which police gets political sometimes, eh like mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta Jesus, watch out wow, just,
0: uh, sneaks up on you <laughs> all right, well, I was gonna play a song that uh is uh, kind of related because it's about uh, the Watts Riot, which was in L.A. And yeah, this is a song by Mothers of Invention, or Frank Zappa, off their first album, Freak Out, which um, is notable for, I guess, a couple reasons. Well, it's their first album, which is interesting. And then uh, it's a double album, which I think is pretty rare for like a first, you know, a band's first album to be a double album. I think he kind of he was very insistent on it and took a cut like he wanted it sold as you know for the same price as just a regular lp and so didn't want to make money if he if that's what it took in order to put it out this way uh and the song I was going to play is um trouble every day which um yeah is all about the the Watts riot in LA It was written in response to it and it's interesting because Apparently, uh, so the story goes, that's kind of the song that got them signed to do this album in the first place. Uh, Tom Wilson, who produced it, walked in on them performing somewhere, and they're playing this song and figured, hey, these guys can sell, you know, probably sell some records and stuff. But I mean, if you listen to this album, it's crazy weird. Uh, The song, the only other song on the same side is this one is called Help, I'm a Rock, and it's a seven-minute song about being a rock. (laughs) And then... The other side of that side four is like a twelve minute freakout about Susie cream cheese <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's pretty out there and ridiculous um, but so yeah the song is um about the riots and it's interesting because like a lot of Zappa's songs are ridiculous like they're you know it's like don't eat the yellow snow type stuff and it's like kind of cartoony and you know a bit pornographic and uh yeah, it's kind of hard to take seriously sometimes because of how, like, silly it can be. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting to hear a topical song where it's actually pretty uh, pretty topical. And uh, It is weird to hear a song that's topical that's pretty topical. <laughs> topical. <laughs> is that what I just said? Well, cause, okay, what I meant, like, is I've heard him uh, in interviews critiquing people like uh, uh, Jim Morrison or something for, like, their sort of faux poetry. But most of his songs are about, like, you know, like, weird shit that isn't really, it's, you can't really take it seriously. Uh, so this is one of, like, I don't, I don't know all of his music by any, chance, by any means, but I can't think of other songs of his that are, uh, like, serious sounding. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting uh, song. I think I have more to say about it, but maybe we can check out uh, check it out first. So this is Trouble Every Day by The Mothers of Invention. <laughs>
5: But well, I'm about to get sick I'm watching my TV, checking out the news I tell my eyeballs fail to see. I mean to say that every day there's just another rotten right mess, and what's going to change, my friend, is anybody's guess. So I'm watching and I'm waiting, hoping for the best, even think I'll go to pray. Every time I hear them saying that there's no way today, that trouble coming every day. No way to delay, that trouble coming every day. Wednesday I watched the riot, I seen the cops out on the street. Watched them throwing rocks and stuff and choking in the heat. Listen to reports about the whiskey passing around Seen the smoking fire and the market burning down Watch while everybody on your street will take a turn The stomping, and smashing, and bashing, crashing, slashing, bust and burn And I'm watching it, I'm waiting Hoping for the best Even think I'll go to prayin' Every time I hear them saying That there's no way to delay That trouble coming every day no way to today, that trouble coming every day.
6: Well, you can
5: cool it, you can heat it, cause baby I don't need it. Take your TV tube and eat it, and all that phony stuff on sports, and all the unconfirmed reports. You know I watch that rotten box, until my head began to hurt. Checking out the way the newsmen say they get the dirt Before the guys on channel so-and-so and Further they assert that any show they'll interrupt they bring you news if it comes up They say that if the place blows up They will be the first to tell Cause the boys they got downtown are working hard and doing swell And if anybody gets the news before it hits the street They say that no one blabs it faster Their coverage can not be beat And if another woman driver Gets machine guns from her seat They'll send some joker with a brownie And you'll see it all complete So I'm watching and I'm waiting Hoping for the best Even think i go to praying Every time I hear them saying That there's no way to delay That trouble coming every day No way to delay That trouble coming every day Hey you know something people I'm not black but there's a whole lot of times I wish I could say I'm not white Well, I've seen the fires burning and the local people turning on the merchants and the shops who used to sell their brooms and mops and every other household item. Watch a mob just turn and bite them. And they say it served them right because a few of them were white. And it's the same across the nation. Black and white discrimination. The other, and you can't understand me and all that other jazz they hand me and the papers and TV and all that mass stupidity that seems to grow more every day. These times hear something with say, he wants to go and do your in cause the color of your skin just don't appeal to him, no matter if it's black or white, because he's out for blood tonight. to sit around at home and watch this thing begin, but I'll bet there won't be many live to see it really end, cause the fire in the street ain't like the fire in the heart, and in the eyes of all these people, don't you know that this could start on any street, in any town, in any state, if any clown, besides that now's the time to fight, for some ideally thinks is right, and if a million more agree, there ain't no great society, as it applies to you and me. Our country isn't free, and the law refused to see if all that you can ever be is just a lousy janitor. unless your uncle owns the store, you know that five and every four just want a mouth and nothing more. They'll so watch the rats go across the floor and make up songs about being poor. Blow your harmonica, son.
0: So welcome back. That was uh, "Trouble Every Day" by the Mothers of Invention.
3: So, what exactly sparked the Watts Riots?
0: Yeah, so I I was reading about it today because I wasn't really sure. It's something I like, I it sounds familiar, the Watts Riots, but like, um, there was you know growing tension for cri- quite a while in LA. I think part of the reason was because uh, with like kind of segregation and stuff, a lot of people had moved out of the South, but they hadn't necessarily in Los Angeles. But what had happened was. Uh, things like housing became very controlled, and they're like I read a stat that like ninety five percent of Los Angeles was like for whatever reason or another restricted, and Black and Latino people couldn't move there, so they're kind of shuffled into different quarters like the South basically, uh, and South Central, and uh, weren't you know there wasn't provided with like decent schooling and there's just a lot of poverty, and it was just You know, was accumulating over years just uh, gang problems and and unrest, and the actual riot itself. Because yeah, how does you know you hear about Martin Luther King getting shot? Well, that's a pretty big event. You could see a riot riot starting over it. Uh, For the Watts riots, some guy was driving with a buddy and got pulled over by the police. uh, Was going to be given a charge of drinking and driving, and the person who was in the car with him. I guess he didn't live that much farther away, went to his house and his mom came down and started getting angry at him for driving well impaired. And people just started, like, I guess she was yelling at him and then the police what, maybe...
3: What, where, where, where were the police? The police had pulled him
0: pulled him over and, and were then, ticketing him and his mom came down and started berating him for getting pulled over or oh something. I and see, the police okay. were, you know, kind of like, hey, let us do our thing. And, like, people were, I guess, maybe wandering out of their houses, that, you know, there's a lot of yelling and stuff. And at one point, I guess things got to the the point where he took out a police officer or maybe someone got punched. And that's how it started. Hmm. There was like a scuffle on the street over an impaired driving ticket. And enough people were watching that it just like, I guess they turned on the police at that point who, were, who would have been white. Um, and over the course of that night, it just like spread around. And I think it was like a six or seven day Period of like, like they declared like martial law. There was a curfew. Uh, the military had like cordoned off sort of the area that w- was involved. It was, it's uh, intense, crazy. Yeah, crazy to think, but it was uh, the worst riot LA had experienced, and then until when was it? The one of the next ones like the eighty, the ninety-two. No, that's O.J. Simpson.
4: No, <laughs> Rod- Rodney King. Are you talking Rodney about? King
0: was what year? Ninety-one. Ninety. Sounds yeah, something like that. Okay, and know, that exactly. was
3: those were were worse okay but uh yeah were they as bad as the uh vancouver stanley cup riots uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah well <the> injustice was
0: <laughs> a little different but you yeah, i don't what happened in vancouver i don't think i was here at the time they rioted. i know they, they lost the Stanley cup was it <laughs> <laughs> it was stupid yeah it was a bunch they of they did it last
3: time too when they lost so to the rangers in 94 they rioted too yeah, I om- I would you, I would like look down upon them for that, but like if Winnipeg even made the playoffs, we'd probably riot. Right. so... <laughs>
4: Yeah, but it it would it'd be like 10 people and you know. <laughs> right. they just like, like they just tape it off and let it happen, let it burn yeah. itself out it right itself out. Yeah.
3: Just just corral everyone to Portage and Maine.
4: Yeah, that's what they normally do. Yeah, when exactly. the Jets came back, I can remember like drinking on the street in the middle of Portage and Main with a beer like high-fiving cops. And you know, they're just like, "Yeah, fuck, I love hockey too." Yeah. yeah. He, he he cracks a beer.
0: Yeah, oh. so we're talking during the break like I guess none of us are big Frank Zappa listeners. Um, I've tried to listen to a lot of his stuff before, and yeah, I find a lot of it kind of a bit self-indulgent, maybe. You know. Totally.
3: Well, you were yeah. saying about how how he would he would criticize Jim Morrison for being a false poet or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm speaking about being like an agitator. Like I, I I went through like a sort of YouTube Frank Zappa, you know, strung out. Uh, several years ago and w- was watching like, You all these were strung videos.
3: out? Well, I was uh, strung out on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to come down off of uh, meth or something. No, no, no. Uh,
0: and yeah, when you see him in interviews and stuff, he's like, he very rarely has anything good to say about other artists or musicians. Uh, and he can be pretty critical and, is, you know, a bit of don't an agitator f- in his d-
3: own right. Don't you find sometimes the straight edge people, like artists, can be the most like, Angry,
0: possible, and well, I mean, his whole thing was like all he did was smoke cigarettes and drink coffee, right? Which
3: that would that would do it. That'd make anyone an asshole. (laughs) And he was like, he he was like really right wing. Like, I know, I I remember his politics. I remember seeing him on CNN like later, like in the '90s, and and he would be, he would seem to have like a lot of right wing views, Mm -hmm. like kind of extreme right wing, But but more than you would expect, kind of thing. Yeah, but maybe more on the side of like. Um, like libertarian views or, or some stuff like that. I don't really know. Don't um, really know. But so I
0: mean, he was really interesting as as a musician. Uh, he had a, he had a rigorous um, like if you're auditioning to be in the band, you you know, he, I think was a bit notorious for going through a lot of lineup changes over the years. Uh, and he would you know he'd make give you a piece of music to play, which would be ridiculously difficult. And then if you could do it, he'd give you another one, and then just keep giving you music to play to see if you're kind of up to snuff. And would was notorious for... You'd write music that people
3: couldn't even play. Uh, they'd have to learn how to be able to play that way. I remember reading about how he would also be such a stickler about uh, tempo that because he would want to... He would take live recordings and, like, add some of them to, like, studio recordings. Mm-hmm. So everything had to be on time. Oh, yeah. I can see that. And, like, some people say... I think it's a bit of a stretch, but some people, because of that, credit him credit him with like being the first person to sample. Well, so like before,
0: the Mothers of Invention were formed. Like the the other people in the group were a band, uh, Soul Giants, and I guess he saw them play or ran into them, and you know they figured they're good musicians, and then gave him a sort of ultimatum: like, okay, guys, like if you let me just like take take over, we'll we'll do something good. Uh, before I'll then, take he had, you to the top, kid. Yeah, <laughs> before then he had been working in in a studio or something, and had been doing a bit of recording on his own. But uh, you know, back in those days, you couldn't necessarily you, know, you needed like a band if you wanted to put ideas together. It wasn't so easy. A band and a label. A band and la- No, yeah, that. Yeah. But like, I mean, like, you can't just you couldn't just like maybe do all the tracks uh, yourself. You know, it was on like four tracks. In what early sixties? Um, didn't have a looper. No looper but uh I think became he became kind of notorious for doing a lot of innovative th- things in in studios but so, when the band started, he was the lead guitarist, like he's not singing on this, and uh at first, maybe he wasn't all that great a guitarist, but I think is known as being one of the better guitarists
3: like of of the day Why uh, do you he name th- his kids such weird names? Well, I shouldn't sure <laughs> have to
0: ask him yeah. What I think they? he's There's just,
4: the... he was legacy building, you know. Right. I think that's, I, that's, it's I think, I, I think he's just, Frank Zappa for me is always, yeah, like we're talking about people that are kind of like, but him talking about Jim Morrison as being kind of like self-indulgent and <laughs> very, and not to say that Jim Morrison wasn't very, you know, trying to be Jim Morrison. Yeah. But I think Frank Zappa, this is part of the time, even. You know, like, that was like an age of rock stars that we don't have today. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there was this concept of these almost, like, higher, greater than the rest of humanity rock stars that yeah. were, uh, you know, to be
3: kneeled down to. And, and I guess there were so many, I never thought about it before, but just to go off what you're saying, there was so many unique personalities. In, in
4: what year did that come Uh 66. So that's kind of the start of it, but
3: yeah. Because now, it, now it's just like a, it's just like a factory churning them out, eh? Like everyone's, but like,
4: yeah, for big name, you know, like the Stones and the Beatles and and Bowie and. All those people, and then the doors, and uh,
3: yeah, it's true. There are there were like a lot Jerry more.
4: Garcia, everyone. If you watch like um, the Last Waltz, you know the bands, the Last Waltz, and you yeah. watch all the crazy people. Joe Cocker, mm-hmm, Dr. Yeah. John, Neil Young singing up on stage with a giant rock of blow hanging yeah. out of his nose, yeah. and it was just accepted, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they were just they were untouchable. So is you, why name his kids that? Because he could.
0: Yeah, well, and and like if this album's any indication, he was, you know, ready to make freaky stuff from the get-go. Clifford Clinton. I think it was before this that is he made a television appearance on the, is uh, it the David Parr show? I think, playing a bicycle. Have you guys seen that? No. Uh-huh. It's YouTubable and. I won't be YouTubing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he goes on and plays a bicycle, as an instrument.
3: Before he like the mothers of invention. I think it was before
0: that. Yeah, yeah. This is when he was just like kind of tinkering around in studios and playing guitar around town
3: what what was his like do you know his relation to the whole like hippie movement because i don't think he i think he hated it right because on one side he seems kind of like he would be into the whole like freak out aspect right then he at the same time he seems like he's kind of regimented and wouldn't be into the whole like yeah slacker aspect of it mm -hmm.
0: yeah and i don't like i know he he didn't do drugs, and you had to be drug free to be in his band. I don't know if he was like anti-drugs
4: or if it was just sounds like it. Or if it
0: was, but if or, or if it was just like to get the work done, this is what it's gonna
4: it's gonna take. I'm not sure. Um, there's other artists that have been like that that have just like demanded their band stay clean. Mm-hmm. You know.
3: Yeah. I guess there, at that time too, there's probably so many. You probably encounter so many. Talented musicians who, two years later, would be dead or just dead. Strung yeah, yeah, we didn't. Coming.
4: We didn't even mention half of them. Yeah. we didn't even say Jimi Hendrix. Yeah,
3: you know? I guess so. Yeah, I never thought about it. They did drugs back then.
0: <laughs> was it Hendrix? Well, I know later on, Frusciante wanted to audition for his band, but didn't because he wanted to do drugs. But I think Hendrix might have. I I don't know if there's a connection between the two of them, him and Frusciante tried
3: out for Zappa's band. He or? was going to, yeah. Like, in the 80s or 90s? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like
4: in the 80s. But Hendrix was living in, in England, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember if there's a connection or not. What do you guys think about that uh, Andre 3000 playing Hendrix? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Could be pretty good. Yeah, oh, and a mo- this is a
0: movie? Yeah.
4: Like a biopic? Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, Sounds good. Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, I'll see it. You know what? You hear that session
3: Sach- Byrne Cohen was going to play... Uh, what's his face there from the fucking Freddie Mercury band oh. and uh, <laughs> the uh the rest of the band shut it down because it was they wanted to make it more front like family friendly but Sacha Baron Cohen wanted to do like the real story of Freddie Mercury why which wouldn't is, they
0: do the real story
3: well because probably because they want to make more money off of it so they want mm-hmm. kids to be able to go to it and they probably want to make it like a sing-along movie or something you know
4: That's I don't see how you tell that story without a
3: without a bunch of cocaine and, and like male prostitutes yeah yeah
4: dying of AIDS <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you yeah. know like that is the downer you know, <laughs> this movie is at the end of the movie probably not gonna have it yeah. yeah. what's the Philadelphia right yeah. not a happy movie that,
3: was a, that sucked as a movie well, no, it was a good movie, maybe, but it was sad. I don't
4: really remember if it was a good movie. No, I don't not. remember. It's been a while. I just know that this song that Springsteen did for it, it is that's super song. sad. Just.
3: I, that's a really good song. I think. I think actually thinking of the movie now, I think it was just like Denzel Washington's character was so like. I don't know, just so whatever. I don't. <laughs> this is I don't know to do yeah. I'm, like, I'm gonna movie. Philadelphia right now. Rose movie, <laughs> movie review. <laughs>
0: New segment every episode. Yeah. All right, well, I guess uh, that's all I had to say. I do like how um, I did borrow, like, my uh, my uncle has a pretty good record collection and has a lot more Frank Zappa records than I do. And he always writes, um, he's very uh, upfront and honest with the listener. You know, this has, like, a a little section on what is, quote-unquote, freaking out, just in case you're unsure. Uh, there's some relevant quotes. Like, I guess they're shopping around material Um, trying to get signed at one point and uh, one of the heads at Columbia Records wrote that they have no commercial potential and apparently (laughs) you kind of took that as a wanted to take that uh, as a good thing and then there's a little write up about every song Um, so this one is uh, is how I feel about racial unrest in general and the Watts situation in particular it was written during the Watts riot as it developed I shopped it briefly all over Hollywood, but no one would touch it. Everybody worries so much about not getting any airplay. My, my.
3: There you have it. All right. Let's play the next song.
4: Okay. Well, um, I've always liked taking drastic left turns when I've done radio shows, especially music shows. That was kind of the theme to uh, to my old music show, The Airwage kind of just like grab a bag of records and then try to make it work so uh, that's kind of what I was doing here today. Um, I brought four records with me and the ones I'm not going to play is uh, Steel Pulse, Tribute to the Martyrs. Steel Pulse is amazing. Uh, Reggae and the Pioneer is Pusherman which is also really good reggae. I don't know why I felt reggae fit into the alligator theme. I think it was maybe like a summer heat thing, oh, yeah. you know? or Maybe they do a lot of alligating down there? They probably do, <laughs> I'd guess. So this last record that I have is uh, Reverend Charlie Jackson, uh, God's Got It uh, is the record. Now, I think this; these all came out as singles, actually, so it doesn't really... So this is like a compilation album, kind of, of the singles? Yeah, singers? yeah, it's, uh, I think, the legendary Booker singles, there you go. So this was all coming out back in, uh, what, he, what am I, what am I, what am I looking at? He was born in 32, so he's old. <laughs> <laughs> is he alive? No. No, I don't think so. He's so
3: old, he's dead.
4: Old, old he's dead
3: he probably remembers the Watts riots
4: well that's where I was going with this is that okay so wrapped up tangled up in Jesus apparently surely appeared in 1970 according to this (laughs) so this is kind of like tying into um no it's it's gospel I'm not I'm not I'm not I don't subscribe to any major religion um and but I I love gospel music and I think the gospel music has a place in my life. And I can't, you know, say that it has to have a place in everybody's life. But I think there's something about the need to kind of, like, come together collectively as people and kind of just try to look look past it and look past what's going on and what's bringing you down and see the, see the hope and the light and then however you get there is your own thing you know so if you have to if you're gonna be Christian or whatever so that's that's how I justify loving loving you know m- mostly Christian gospel music mm-hmm. and uh, I really like religious
3: music too uh, of all ages too like I like like old songs that are like tributes to God and how like solemn they can be like um, chamber music and stuff like that it's so you know it's it's yeah, got it's like a serious stuff. yeah it's got like a seriousness behind it that's really interesting and I like gospel too Be I don't know gospel that much but I, I like it because it's it's got that spirit in it right? yeah it comes across every time
4: well and gospel really you know like led to a lot of the music that I really like you know Get into myself, you know, like like soul, and then um, if you look, at a lot of the early soul singers, they were singing in a church choir or something like that, like Who? Sam Cooke, James Brown,
3: right? Um, What's your name Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> Who invented gospel music? Um, <laughs> I think God. God, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna.
4: I was gonna say Moses, but it does go <laughs> back to God. Okay. Yeah. No, I'd think that this sort of gospel music probably has its roots in the slave fields. Mm. That's kind of like the roots of blues and gospel. I'd say that, you know, this is ob- obviously Southern, uh, Southern uh, American, or the American South gospel, uh, which is kind of like rooted in, you know, the extreme racism. And, you know, you know, we don't have to get too much into what happened in terms of the slave slavery in the States. And, you know, it builds into what we were talking about later with, uh, you know, the civil rights movement in the 60s much, you know, much later on. But it's just the whole... That I find it hard to wrap my mind around how the country, how the United States was came together as this country, and it is this country now... You know where everybody's equal, yada yada yada. But it with this the history that it has there, and I'm not trying to take away from the uh, apartheid that we wreaked here on the, the na- indigenous populations. But it, there's something about the uh, the this the level, you know, like the extreme, the
3: outwardness of it too.
4: Yeah, well, and just the organization right. behind it. You know, this this giant economy. Based around it, around slavery and around you know it was the number one uh, asset that people had Hmm. before the Civil War in the South. You know that's what most people had their money tied up in. Just I can't I can't understand it coming from Winnipeg, living here. I just I don't. Yeah, I mean I I uh, can't.
3: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I agree with you. I mean it was it was pretty like rampant though and like slavery like all over the world for forever right mm-hmm.
4: yeah but the part that i don't understand is how you move past that as a new country oh, yeah. like the united states was not this isn't you know like it like some old country that's been around forever this is a new society based around you know the right to of of, of freedom and equality right like this is like the what they built the country around is in on the one hand and on the other hand the whole wealth of the country was made through slave labor Mm -hmm. and in the states in the south you know it's all still very apparent how where that came from and then now as a country you try to become one cohesive i just i don't know yeah, like I can't. I just can't wrap, wrap my. I understand how it happened, and I understand that it, that it was everywhere, and that there was people there were slaves throughout history that were worse off, and you know whatever else you want to say, but I just can't really understand it. Yeah, and not. It's not. It's like I can't understand it. Like it didn't happen, or I don't. You know, I don't understand what happened. I just can't.
0: Doesn't equate. You know.
4: Yeah, I can't relate. Doesn't end up. Anyways. The way that people get through experiences like that, I think music is one of those solidifying forces that moves throughout time that can tie things together and unite people through strength and hope. And that's what it does.
3: Cool. That was a good intro. Nice let's, one, yeah. Let's play the song.
7: I went to fishing one day And I put my hook out in the water And something got a hold to it And tried to get loose When I pulled it up, it was a big fish on the hook He was twisting and turning down trying to get a loop but the hook had him there and he couldn't get a loop and i said i wish the lord would hook me one day like this hook how hooked his feet and oh one friday evening, he came into my soul and he hooked me with his spirit and ever since that day, a song coming to my mind. I had to say, like Jeremiah, my say, it's a fire. Keep on burning. Shut all up in my bones. And I couldn't hold my pee. I told my mother, but that wasn't enough. I told my father and I told my sister and went on and told my brother what was wrong with me. And this is what I told him in a song. I said, Lord, know that I'm wrapped up, tangled all up in Jesus and I don't want to news. Wrapped up, tangled all up in Jesus and I don't want to Jesus and I don't
3: song called?
4: Wrapped up and tangled up in Jesus. Just like a fish on a hook. Fish on a hook. Jesus is the line. Wow. Whoa. But
3: Jesus is love too, right? Yeah. So you ca- you catch a fish with love, with your love. So this is only isn't only good for people who are looking for a savior, but also amateur anglers out there. Well, I think that
4: in this situation, we're the fish.
3: Right. Right. But he was fishing, and then he got fished by God. Right. And the God that he was fished with was Jesus. <laughs> or, I mean, the <laughs> line that God used was Jesus. But the same principles apply to us. We still got to catch a fish with love. Or because, get caught by Jesus. Right, because... but. But God's line is Jesus, because God's love is Jesus. And so our line has to be love. (laughs) That's my interpretation of the song. So we catch God through love. Well, God catches us through love, but we're willing to accept it through love. He dangles that little worm in front of us, which is kind of like the bulbous end of love. And we see it, and we're willing to accept that love. So we chomp down on that worm. Of love. Of love. Wormy love. Wormy love,
4: yeah. It's like a wormhole of love. So if we can accept the wormhole of love, we'll find happiness. Uh huh. You heard it here first? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad um, you cleared it up.
3: <laughs> so that was, that was a good song. We were talking about how. He, so he would be. Sorry, what, what was his name again? Uh, the Reverend Charlie Jackson. So he would just be in his, like, little wooden church, and yeah. he would plug his guitar in, and he would preach sermon or whatever you, you call it, and then he would play songs between.
4: Yeah. Well, I think in that, I think he'd probably come in and everybody would get there and sit down or whatever, and they'd be fanning themselves because it'd be hot, in my mind. Right, probably. Miss- Mississippi, right? Yeah. So, and then he'd just plug his guitar in and... Like stroke a chord, and let it ring out, and you just feel the music. You feel the music hitting you and going into your bones, and then you just launch into it. And I think the sermon very much would have been all music. I don't know if there would have been too many times when there wasn't something else going on, you know. It
3: would be. It would be interesting to because you you were saying that was those songs were recorded in studios. It'd be interesting to hear. Recordings of him doing these songs in a church because I imagine there'd be people singing along and Yeah, and stuff. a lot of like yeses and uh, yeah like amens or
0: yeah.
4: well some other tracks on the record There's definitely a lot of other uh, Other voices on there. Okay, cool. i get that Got that feeling you know, yeah,
3: I'd love to be able to like afford to sing with a choir, you know That'd be fun. I love the choir. John and I were in choir. To have, like, cool. a
4: choir backing you up? You yeah. Mean?
3: Yeah. be cool. Even in everyday conversation, just, like...
4: <laughs> right now. Right now. You know, we right could right have now. some backgrounds, <laughs> harmonies. Yeah, just go, yeah. like, a... Mm. Just to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of, like,
3: to dictate the mood and stuff. That'd mm-hmm. be interesting. All right. So,
4: get, get a choir. Get a choir. Word of
3: the day. Get acquired get a choir, a choir, a choir. Yeah,
0: I wanted to join that, uh, I don't know what they're called, choir I saw in Louis Blanche last year.
3: They seem really, like, aggressive, though. I don't know if I'd be down with it. Right. Do you know what, what is, what are they called? Yeah, I can't. And didn't they have some, like, they were, they had some, like, party line to tow, right? They were either, like, kind of. They must. They were like. What, what were they like? Blue collar, like union pushers, kind of. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Labor I, choir. I don't think they were the labor
4: choir. Because there is a Winnipeg labor choir that goes out and sings. Just um, at public spreads, events. Spreads the social gospel.
3: I think that might have been them actually.
4: They kind of they they tie back to you know like the 1919 strike and right yes that, goes that all totally the way back was them, to them and yeah kinda like mm. singing the songs of organizing and yeah you know a very Winnipeg has a very very rich history of kind of like well you know <laughs> it almost seems like ancient history now yeah but of kind of like labor organization and yeah. people not getting strong 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 unions but I, f- I, don't
3: know. I find it t- I always found it interesting that uh, they had that 1919 mural on the side of whiskey decks there I think it's still there maybe not yeah a- and originally they had a picture of Marx in the corner and then i guess someone made them take it o- take it off cuz one day it was there one day it wasn't anymore like the mural's still there but the picture of marx isn't anymore hmm. it's strange
4: i wonder if that building played some role in the strike cuz the strikers
3: well that's where the st- that's where it happened right yeah. there it was where like the the streetcar got
4: whatever yeah, happened the, to the it. streetcar got flipped and then the yeah. strikers were marching down main street and that right a little bit further down on bloody sunday was the day that was the day when the rcmp charged into the lines of strikers because all the policemen went on strike too right they respected the strike now the strikers actually asked them to stay on duty uh to keep the peace Mm. but um the the council of a thousand or the what is it the I think it was called the the Group of a Thousand. Anyways, these were the bourgeois uh, strike breakers. All the 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 business owners basically uh, sent the police off their job because of the fact that they had supported the strikers, and they hired all these specials, which were basically uneducated thugs, to go and beat up the strikers. And then when that didn't stop them, eventually they brought in the RCMP and the RCMP charges. So there's all the strikers are lined up on Main Street. And the RCMP charges in with their horses, and the strikers won't get broke, won't won't be broke. But then, uh, one man was shot. <coughs> I think an RCMP officer on a horse shot a man into the crowd, and you can still see there's actually bullet holes on the one building. I think it's the old World Bank building downtown. Oh really? Hm. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's crazy that the history of that strike in the city. Um, where was that was tied into our the labor, labor choir labor choir right yeah so you know the 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 social gospel you know based out of places like the ukrainian labor temple uh down in the north end there mm-hmm. where really these immigrant workers uh were trying to just come together and uh you know make a live for themselves as they've been you know dragged over here or you know, tricked into coming over here by, you know, kind of like false advertisements saying, hey, come to Canada and you'll have land and food and you know, bounty and, and they come here and it's like, oh here, here's your shitty dead piece of land and you can work here forever to pay off your trip so the, I think the the labor choir had this, uh, they had to be agitators, you know, right. that's what the point was, was to say, you know what Are just like James Brown was saying you know saying that this is not right the situation is not equitable we're getting screwed and we're sick of you know lying down for you to walk all over
3: well there you go john you still want to join the labor choir kind of all right good
0: yeah i have, i have actually seriously wanted to join a choir for a while they'd be I'm the youngest you'd yeah. be the young one i think <laughs>
4: Like well, most of the labor choir was Now here I'm not sure if we're talking 1990. About the same. Now I don't think it is. The well. Same. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, and maybe it was the legion of liquor. Now that is a choir I would be into joining.
3: Are they? Is it a, how many people are in that? There's like a 10-man choir. I wow. think so.
4: Eight, I think it kind of depends on how many of them they can get to right. Yeah. You know, rip their face off the bathroom floor sort of thing. Yeah. That's a really fun band to see live, though.
3: I try to make it out er- almost I think every they time. Either
4: have a show or just had one recently. Yeah, I think they did too. They had one a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I could make it. The
3: Clipwing show.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, down at the Windsor. Yeah. Place to go. Place to be. Yeah.
3: Union Hall is opening tonight. Is that tonight? I think it's like the f- the friends and family thing tonight, and then I think it'll probably be fully functional by the weekend. That's awesome! Yeah.
4: Great news for the city, huh?
3: Hey? Yeah. And uh they've already got some pretty interesting shows lined up, so it should be cool like what uh well grand analog c d release party, but uh also like there are just some like indie bands that i don't I'm not up on, but they seem you know like good interesting bands to be tuning through the city like yeah good draws do you know when the grand analog ra- release grand analog is august twenty second which will be long after anyone hears this podcast. I'm pretty sure long before you yeah. um yeah, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then there's, like... Yeah, there's some shows coming up in September that look interesting, and, uh... Yeah, looks like they're they're getting it moving. Off and running. Uh, so we, should we play the next song? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna play a song uh, called You Play For Us Today by a German band um, called Agitation Free. This song was put out in 1972, and, uh... I don't really know much about this band, to be honest. Uh, it's instrumental. They're kind of like a sp- like space kraut rock type of thing going on. Uh, the drummer who's in the band left to be in Tangerine Dream before this record even came out. And uh, and yeah, I don't know much about them, but they play kind of spaced out music. Did they have more than one release? They had two albums in the 70s, and then I think they re- reformed in the 90s and maybe put out a record or two and i think they're still around cuz i mean it's funny every every krautrock band has reformed because krautrock music popular, is becoming yeah. so popular and there's all these like re like there's all these uh, re-releases of all these old records so so these guys are touring now i think well. um probably just like in germany or whatever or in europe or whatever it is but uh yeah, I mean this stuff. Uh, I like. I listened to a few of their albums, or a couple of their albums, I should say, and I like their first. This one, this is their first album, and later on, it just gets really jammy, and they get, they're really influenced by like the Grateful Dead later on, and which, you were saying, Daryl, you, that you got into because your cousin, but I, I'm I'm not really into the whole kind of jammy aspect of music, um, but uh, these guys do, jam sometimes, <laughs> so who knows, you know. <laughs> People are people are complicated and sometimes they contradict themselves. But it's not, you know, it's good. It's good to be able to contradict yourself and be okay with it. Well,
0: they never said they didn't like the jam, did
3: they? No, They're I said I don't like jam music, but yeah. I, I'm playing a, a song. That's true. Yeah, I was listening to this before.
0: So. Yeah, this one, and then what I'm going to play? It's like a chord or a, a, a progression.
3: Yeah, this this song you're going to play. I had a hard time listening to. It's <laughs> so just like ugh. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it when 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 it's your turn, John. It's my turn now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh
4: so back to some jam band
3: yeah so another jam band that plays kind of german space rock I, I guess that's like a i guess that's a Sounds genre good. so yeah, yeah this is uh you play for us today by agitation free uh,
5: you gonna play for us today
8: <laughs> oh, i don't think
5: so. i fly the airplane and you play for us <laughs> <Real>?
8: right <Okay. laughs>
3: That was uh, agitation free. Hmm. What'd you guys think? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I was saying oh, I don't like jam music, and I don't. But even though this that song was kind of jammy, at least it's it seems like it's always building, it's always moving. And it has movement, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I like that song. I can't I can't say like uh, I'm a huge fan of the band, but I like that song for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's 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 interesting how what i was saying off air about how like all the songs we've played today like inadvertently have all pretty much been from the 70s except for that one zappa song that's from 66 but yeah it's interesting that we
0: all
4: that doesn't usually happen yeah not for especially most especially the 70s you know like the other day i was talking to somebody about the 70s and it's just one of those decades that people don't like dig into as much you know you hear lots mm-hmm. of people talking about the 80s and lots of people talking about the 60s and the 50s and the 20s, you know, but the 70s, you don't get, I I guess some people, disco, but really, like, Mm do you know, I'm sure we all have lots of friends that, you know, are into awful 80s music and go to and have, you know, like, hey, we're going to have our 80s party or whatever. And the same thing with the 60s, you know, but you don't, you don't really get disco parties. I don't know. I don't, at least I haven't really experienced that.
3: That's true you don't. And I've been to disco parties and they're not well attended.
4: Like what what is the 70s famous for? Like Vietnam and big muffs, son of
3: sam, son of sam. I just think a lo- I just think of cocaine. But you think of cocaine in every era,
4: really, like cuz much was 80s as the 60s though. Yeah, you're right. Just think 70s the 70s and 80s. Yeah. yeah. But even the 80s you start to get like more into like crack.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, and then. Because the kind 50s of tail end of like the heroin. So People
0: maybe started realizing that it wasn't. 60s always was good acid. acid.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Eh?
4: Well, is crack, you know, like, well, as people had less money, I think that kind of like money dictates everything, right? In the 70s, you know, people were a little better off. And then as you get into like Reaganism in the 80s, all of a sudden everybody's broke and we're back into depression or recession. And all of a sudden you see crack you know, in all the ghettos, and, yeah. you know, either you, you, you know, then we're talking about what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. with the civil rights movement, and what happened from the civil rights movement, from the death of Martin Luther King to the mid-80s, and the conspiracy theories about the CIA moving crack into the ghettos to destroy the black unity, and, I you don't know, we're kind of, I don't know how conspiratorial the witch police gets, but <laughs> I don't think that's so crazy, actually, I think.
3: Yeah, well, you think they brought? You think they actually brought cocaine? I mean, they no, get crack.
4: I think that I, I, I you think, think crack specifically? I think that there is a definite, there's a definite line of reasoning that I could follow. Where you, if you think about the way that um, uh, a movement like the Black Power movement would have been seen by the authorities, by the conservative authorities in the seventies. And they're trying to do what are they trying to do? They're trying to do anything possible to win the Cold War. This is the same line of reasoning that leads to like McCarthyism mm-hmm. and uh, the killing, the <laughs> like as you said earlier, the assassination of JFK, mm-hmm. uh, all the horrendous things that the states was doing around the world in the name of freedom. And you know, is capitalism. it really yeah? And capitalism is it really har- that much of a stretch to say? hey, we're going to label this group as, you know, they weren't using the terrorists' uh, catchphrase back then, you know, but communists but or something. But can't they, like, I totally
3: agree that uh, that's the way a government like the American government at that time would operate, but, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to go into the lower-income areas and be like, hey, guys, check out this new drug. Go sell this. They could just do that. They could just oppress people by, like, the laws they pass
4: and by, like... Yeah, but why oppress people when you can trick them into oppressing themselves? Right. And yeah. make money off it? Because so who's you making think, the biggest money in, so in the do American... So do
3: you think, like, this, like, some government scientist invented crack and was, like, bringing it on, like, you know, was just dropping it from helicopters, or...?
4: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I like I said, it's 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 a conspiracy theory. You, know, you know, it's the same idea as the faked moon landing and all these other crazy things. But if you're trying to control an angry population that you're scared of, just yeah, what like are you gonna do? And drugs. what are they gonna do to try to destroy that movement? You know, whatever
3: it's certainly whatever convenient. They have to do. I'll give you that. Yeah. <clears throat> same with like, same way like that. AIDS was convenient, right? Yeah yeah
4: but who knows
0: yeah will the truth ever be known
4: so yeah jam bands
0: jam bands i'm gonna play a jam band uh yeah the song i'm gonna play is yeah not i had trouble with this theme to be honest like when i was trying to think of a good good song i had a couple others that really didn't fit either and this one i'm only picking because of the name yeah, I was
3: wondering why did you pick this song?
0: What's well, called uh...
3: soft machine?
0: N- well, that's the band.
3: Okay, what's the name of the song? Nettle bed. Nettle bed.
0: Yeah. And nettles are like what, like thorns, prickly bushes oh. or whatever. Just that would, I guess, that would sl- agitate me. Sleeping you. on a nettle
4: bed, it would be bound to agitate. Maybe this is just another Jesus thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I right, had a nettle bed atop my head. Listen to the words of Jesus. That said. rhymes. Oh. It's a a poem. Uh, (laughs) uh, By Jim Morrison. Is it really? Uh, No. Um,
3: (laughs) He wrote poems about Jesus. I could see that. Well, you got to read between Between the lines. lines. I don't think, but you said Jesus specifically, so I don't think (laughs) that one's so between the lines. Right.
0: Um, Yeah, Soft Machine is like. Well, by this point, this is off their seventh album called Seven. Is Pretty much entirely they're entirely instrumental at this point.
3: When did they start? If they had seven albums by what, seventy three? Three. They
0: started in like sixty
3: eight. Holy shit. They're yeah. a fucking hard band. A hard working band
0: and like a lot of lineup changes. Like I think there's w- maybe one maybe two like there's four people in the, in the group at this point, but there's maybe two of them are the original members. Uh one of the original members, uh something Kevin Ayers just died in the last winter. And that's when I kind of started looking. I guess I heard about that, and this is the only album of theirs I'd heard at that point, And I started uh, listening to more of their stuff. And I actually, don't a lot of it isn't very like. They have some. I don't know what kind of horn it is. It's a very
3: nasally sounding horn that. And they put out through all those processors. Is that like? Because I I was listening to this song at home, and it sounds like it's got it's like I couldn't tell if it was a synthesizer. Most of or some, this is synth, I think. Yeah. It sounded to me. It's the song sounded like uh, like a musical. Um, montage from when you would see like uh, Mister Rogers leave his house and go to like a factory or something. That's what the music kind of <laughs> reminded me of. Okay, <laughs> trying to picture. It. Yeah, this has well, yeah.
0: So there's oboe uh, somewhere on here. There's baritone and soprano saxophones. So it could, that's the, probably the oboe. We're <laughs> gonna be giving you the nasal, nasally tone. Um, yeah. So when I when I look back at some of the other stuff. um I really like their first album uh, as a song I there that I was hoping to get an excuse to play at some point on the show uh and that one is has vocals throughout, and then I think the second one maybe did or and like progressively they started having less and less vocals, and by the fourth, it was like all instrumental I think and then this song is maybe six minutes long long or something like that, but a lot of their songs are these like thirteen fourteen minute escapades into.
4: Well, you know what it kind of reminded Janniness. me of was, um, uh, the uh, I, the name is escaping me. It's the guy who did the Simpsons theme, the band that he was in. Oh, I don't know. That. The, you know? Oh, 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 oh. Did they Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's the same guy that did the Simpsons theme when he went, but he started playing in that band. Okay. And that's the, that's what it kind of, what it kind of hit me as. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, it was probably the same era. I don't know. Maybe that was a little bit later. That might've been like eighties. Focus? Yeah. Or I I think seventies probably. Yeah. (laughs) Golden, golden track you know that's, that a, that's, a, that's focus awesome focus? Not a, I can't think of Hocus Pocus a... by Focus that's awesome you just
1: gotta
3: a, watch the videos I, video I, mean, I don't even what want to do want to listen to
4: it because it's called Hocus Pocus by Focus
3: what, are there other songs rhyme with focus too
4: like... <laughs> just, they don't have to have another song they just have to have <laughs> this, this one, one really and you just have to song. watch the video on YouTube yeah. I don't know if I'm ready everyone's ready Whoa. wow I right, yeah. which please
0: get on it uh yeah so the song I'm gonna play Nettlebed um Sounds uncomfortable. I'm trying to think of an uncomfortable place. I've uh, <clears throat> what's the most uncomfortable place you've ever slept, uh, Daryl?
4: Concrete floor. That's a good one. Or maybe in like a van, like in a sixteen-passenger van. But th- the spaces where the legs go, there's people sleeping there, so you have to sleep like underneath the seat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, like curved around the bars and stuff. Yeah. Oh. <coughs>
3: that would be like, on tour with Subcity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the most uncomfortable place I've ever had to sleep <coughs> was uh, in a room in a hotel room with a friend who has a deviated septum and snores in. louder than anything. <laughs> Probably listening to this podcast life. right now. <coughs>
0: <coughs> <Yeah>. <coughs> I think uh, I've been in similar situations with the same friend. Although I had had an experience sleeping in, um, it was like a ferry, I guess. And it was, was, I guess, supposed to carry people, or it had been outfitted to carry people. And I was on, like, a wooden platform with a ceiling about two feet ahead of me, or Mm -hmm. above me. And it was basically the engine room. uh, So I had to wear earplugs. (laughs) And it was about 36 degrees, like, Celsius, just sweltering hot. That's probably the worst one. That sounds awful. Yeah, it was an overnight
4: ferry. Where were you? Uh, Indonesia. I was like, that does not sound like it's up to code. (laughs) (laughs) No, there are no codes. No codes. Okay,
0: well, uh, thanks for tuning in to uh, the Witch Police Radio. Uh, If you want to hear other episodes like this one, but with other themes and other guests, you can go to witchpolice.com. And You have uh, to put the
3: www dot in. Do we
0: still have to do the? Do we have to say that? I think. I think so. we can get rid of www.
3: No, but I mean, like, if you don't put the www. Oh, they dot have to. In. I just don't like to say it. Yeah. But you have to do it, or you keep, for some reason. Oh, that's right. You, it doesn't even. If work. you go, if you put yeah. in witchpolice.com dot com to your address bar, it won't go to witchpolice.com. dot com. You have to put www dot in for okay, some so reason.
4: Okay, maybe we do need to keep saying. Really. That. Yeah, just it for the, seems uh, awfully. Sam, 1990s. Sam,
3: Sam might have have <laughs> gotten <HTTP>. that fixed. <laughs> I know Sam was aware of the problem and and maybe he got it fixed, but I know it was like that for a while. So test, try, yeah. try both. <laughs> yeah, have fun with it. Also go go crazy. Twitter at Witch Police FM, Facebook, what, what is it? Whitch, we are the Witch Police, I or, think so. or Witch yeah. Police Radio? I think, I think on Facebook oh, there's it's a Witch Facebook page pli- just for the. Facebook.com/slash/whichplaceradio. Yeah, and, and the Which Police blog is We Are Which hmm And uh, Daryl, where can people keep up to date? Oh, on... Sorry, there's also UMFM. I don't know where
0: people are hearing this. Oh yeah, right. We're also on the ra- on one one point five, UMFM every Monday night at eleven. Oh really? Yep. Crazy. Yeah, and the uh, episodes up on Which Police and UMFM are about two months apart. So wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to other stuff at the other place. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, yeah, our guest uh, for the episode has been Daryl Riley. And yeah, is there some place, like, I guess you guys are recording down the road. Is there any place that people can check out your music
4: yeah. at this point? Uh, soulcom and just on Facebook, the Grills of Soul.
3: And it's Gorilla and in G-E-U, <coughs> not G-O-R.
4: Yeah, uh, double L A. S of soul and we have one song up on the internet right now and we actually you can get it on the witch police blog Cool. Um, and then yeah we've got some big shows happening kind of like early October we've got some stuff not announced yet but uh, we're hopefully we're going to be bringing in uh, uh, a woman of the blues from down in the windy city Who's uh, Nelly Tiger Travis? This is not confirmed yet, but uh, we saw her uh, down there in a bar ripping it up, and we're doing a release for some stuff. So, anyways, it should be cool. She's awesome, coming with an awesome band. So,
3: cool, nice. That sounds very exciting. Rob, do you want people to find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at rob crooks, Facebook.com/slash rob crooks music, and robcrooks.com you do not have to put the www dot in front of it because this isn't an amateur operation. (laughs) Excellent. All right, well, thanks uh, again for tuning in.
0: Here is Nettle Bed by Soft Machine. (laughs) Bye-bye.